Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 71 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The Jeffless Sode. Yes, that's right. It's just <laughs> two of us today, and it's the first time uh, yep. ever that it's I was, just the two of us. <laughs> I was just thinking that today. I was like, I don't think I've ever recorded with just Barry before. I'm like, this should be fun. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a first for listeners. They've they've had Jeff and JP, and they've had Jeff and me, but they've never had the two of us. So this is a, this is a first. This is going to be an interesting ride, and and we hope everybody enjoys the ride yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah, hope you survive the experience, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if not, blame Jeff. Why not? Yes, exactly. And and he can't defend himself, so you can absolutely blame Jeff. See. That that's one of the things you you're probably loving because usually <laughs> people gang up on you and you're like I can't even defend myself now it's like ah the tables have turned see see you and me think alike all I'm thinking is like oh this is gonna be nice like no no making fun if I say Mario instead of Mario <laughs> I do it too <laughs> but you know what's funny though I um I was talking to Shanna today and I said you know what I think Jeff was right because it's not Wario it's Wario and yeah. I guess that makes sense if it's Mario then so I finally uh, proven it to myself. So Jeff was well, right. You know what? Jeff is correct in terms of <laughs> the pronunciation. And in fact, I was actually on um, the Nintendo Everything podcast mm-hmm. as a guest one time. And I said, Mario. Uh, and someone actually commented like, oh, my God. Like, why does he keep saying Mario? And it's <laughs> like, w- when we grow up, there yep. was no Internet. There was no actual pronunciation. We just pronounced things as we did as we thought i mean how many people you know ryu is the correct thing but we said ryu Mm -hmm. um you know that was just how we did it so it's it's kind of like old school it's like it's just ingrained you know old dog new tricks kind of deal so i say mario because that's how i was raised even though it's mario and i know it's mario but it's it's just feels weird to me it feels foreign so i'm with you there yeah i every time i say mario i feel like i'm like twisting my mouth to say it the right way and and the same thing i i grew up always saying mario i'm pretty sure all my friends said mario because it wasn't until i met jeff he was the very first person ever to correct me and i'm like okay i guess all of my other friends either didn't know the difference didn't care or they said it the same way i did uh and i guess that's just like a northeastern kind of thing yeah. well i don't think it's necessarily a northeastern thing um that could just be coincidence i just think it's a pre-internet that's true um age i mean we just we didn't know how to exactly to pronounce and especially then i mean without the internet especially foreign and granted uh, you know it's all foreign names mm-hmm. we didn't know That's i true. mean mario is italian we weren't sure and, and ryu or ryu um you know is japanese and we just didn't know so we just made it up <laughs> we said it how we wanted to say it and when everybody in the area said it the same way it just kind of sticks 
I remember when I first started watching Dragon Ball. So this is the uncut VHS tapes. I got my first one, which was the arrival of Raditz from Babbage's because they used to sell anime VHS tapes there. And for the longest time, I could not pronounce Vegeta's name. I always used to say Vegeta. And I just, no matter how many times I heard it, I just could never say it. And now I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so silly, Vegeta. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's just a... yeah, it's just what you're used to, I guess. Or if you have no other point of reference, you know, that's kind of what you go with. But uh, yeah, so this is going to be a very fun episode because it's just going to be us two. Jeff is getting ready for a uh, overdue vacation. So, mm-hmm. you know, we hope he enjoys his time off. We look forward to when he returns. Uh, but in the meantime, our agenda for today is going to be premium edition game updates. Uh, you and I will talk about some of the more recent things that have come up in the community and the Switch, you know, uh, news circuit and whatnot. We'll uh, we'll touch upon some of the more recent games we've played, uh, our pickups, what's coming out, and then of course, uh, uh, you know, where they could find us. So I think it's going to be good overall. We'll see how the flow goes, just uh, the two of us. But I think it's going to be fun. Um, and, and I will I will say I know the last episode we we did mention that the next game we would be playing would be old school gamer, old school musical, musical. I mean. <laughs> and uh, yeah, old school gamer that's for me. Um, but we will we will be doing that. We were going because you know Jeff played it. and We want all of us to talk about it. Yeah. So that will be in our next episode when we're all together. So uh, that's the reason for that. So if you if you played the game and you 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 know ready to listen and talk about it, um, sorry, but we're we're gonna move that to the next episode. I'm sorry. But still stick around because it's still gonna yes, be a good episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I wonder how many people actually even listen to us for the game of the episode because half the times we start that like an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half in anyway. I I can't picture some. Somebody going like, all right, they're doing a little intro thing. Let's just fast forward to when they talk about a game and then sign off. Hopefully they're sticking around because they just like our uh, our banter and, and what we have to say. And I, I really do enjoy when we get to talk about a game that all of us have played mm-hmm. because, you know, we all bring a different aspect to what we experienced in the gameplay, what we thought about it. I mean, it's fun. You have three people and you get four opinions. That's really how it goes. <laughs> so I think uh, I think when Jeff returns, Old School Musical will be a very fun one to talk about. Uh, it'll make me go back into it because I know as of right now, I've only played about two levels, whereas he's beat the story. So I want to give myself a little bit more time, uh, which is now nice because we get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, so let's uh, let's dive right into premium edition games. So first and foremost, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Jeff myself, Barry, and a whole bunch of other great people from the Switch community. Um, We have a physical Nintendo Switch publishing company called Premium Edition Games. And right now we have two, our first two games up for pre-order on our website at premiumeditiongames.com. It's Super Blood Hockey, which has under a thousand copies left for pre-order. And then we also have our, our newest one, which is the Pigeon Dev Games Collection, which is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. It's the only way to get four games on one cartridge and it's awesome p awesome p2 explosive jake and bucket knight so those are up for pre-order right now um and i thought uh if if you're new to us what we like to do on this playcast is always provide updates we think it's the best way to consistently give out uh the latest information we also of course you can sign up for our newsletter and we do send out those as well we post things on social media but the playcast is really where all three of us or two of us or one of us, uh, <laughs> can give updates. Uh, and there's been a lot that's been going on, and it's been a while, so I thought now's a good time to catch everybody up to speed. Um, so I'll start, and then 
you know, Barry, jump in. And if I, obviously yeah. if I miss anything or anything else you want to add, uh, please feel free to. So the first and foremost question that we've definitely been getting a lot now is Super Blood Hockey. And where is it? Because this opened up for pre-order on August 11th. We closed pre-orders at the end of September. And then we reopened pre-orders with our remaining inventory or allotment when we opened up Pigeon Dev earlier this month. And what happened was we had anticipated having Super Blood Hockey in around this time already uh, to be ready to ship out for the holidays. Unfortunately, um, even though the game is about what is it, like o- almost two years old on the eShop already, um, Nintendo is finding new bugs. So we submitted the game for what's called a lot check. So they review the digital file. They, they review the game. And every time they find a problem, they stop right there. They come back to us, they reject it, and they say, we found this error, they tell us what it is, and we have to go fix it. So we go back to the developer, we let them know what happened, and then we resubmit it. And when you resubmit it, you kind of go to the back of the queue and you do the whole process again. And we don't know how this is happening, but they consistently are finding minor bugs, but bugs enough that require them to reject the, the game. So we haven't actually been able to purchase the cartridges yet. We haven't gotten the final approval that the, you know, the game is good to go to be manufactured. And that's where we are right now. We, uh, about maybe, what, I think two weeks ago already at this point, we resubmitted it for a fifth time. We fixed mm-hmm. the problem. And now we're just waiting. So we're really hoping that in the next week or two, um, we're going to hear back and we finally can move forward. But that's really what the holdup is. Um, we just can't purchase the, the cartridges yet. Um, now, with that said, we have been working on all of the physical assets. So we're talking the manual, the slip cover, uh, the sticker, um, all that stuff that has already been in in the works. So we are, you know, finalizing those pieces. We're already manufacturing. You know, we ordered the the challenge cards, for instance. We ordered the patches, um, which we can go into in a little bit what those are. And, and that's really what's happening with Super Blood Hockey. So, so that's delayed. Um, but at the same time. Pigeon Dev, which is our second game, was already approved. Um, and that's why things are a little out of order now, because we purchased the cartridges for Pigeon Dev already. So we we bought the 5,000 cartridges. And what's really nice is uh, around right now, like the 20th, you know, and within the next few days, it's supposed to be ready to ship from Nintendo to our packing facility. So we are already in that stage. So even though pre-orders are open... The, the cartridges have been manufactured. Like I said, the manual, the slipcover, all that stuff is already in the works. And Pigeon Dev will end up being the first game that we ship out, even though it's number two in our release window. So I don't know if that's ever happened with a company before where right off the bat, you know, it kind of gets switched around. But yeah, you know, we all of us are learning as we uh, embark on this new endeavor as a physical game company. Uh, but yeah, that's really what's happening with Super Blood Hockey right now. That's what's going on with Pigeon Dev. And then, of course, you know, there's other games that we haven't announced yet that are already in the works. Uh, but yeah, that's about it in a nutshell. Uh, Barry, do you want to add anything? Yeah, it's it's just it's heart, kind of heartbreaking because you know a lot of people reached out and like, oh, when when is this coming? Am I going to get it? Is and, and we want to reassure everybody that it absolutely is coming, and this is stuff that's out of our hands, and we we had no idea that that Nintendo was going to find brand new bugs in a two year old game. Uh, was completely taken us by surprise and we're working diligently to get that through and and i just want to say thank you to everybody who's been Mm -hmm. patient and understanding because this is again out of our hands Uh, we did not develop the game obviously and and it's up to nintendo to approve the game and i think that's 
one thing that some some people haven't understand other people's have but that's why we're moving ahead with pigeon dev because we still want to get these games out there and we want everybody you know to know how serious we are Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as a new company, some people like to sit back and wait. Some people are like, "Are they? Is this a joke? Is this a legit thing?" We want people to get these games in their hands, and and Pigeon Dev is most likely going to come out first. And I think when people get Pigeon Dev in their hands, to see what actually makes our editions premium editions, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be blown away. And you know, we we've seen obviously some of the stuff coming back and some of the physical goods coming back, and it is awesome. And I want to say more, but I'm not going to. Yes. But I, I'm just gonna, just as just as a tease, um, like I think you're going to be impressed and happy when you get these games in hand. And we just ask a little bit of patience, unfortunately, um, because life, you know, life doesn't always go perfectly your way. It's true. And the problem is not even, I won't even, you know, use COVID as an excuse, but we are coming to that holiday season time. So, you know, when we're waiting on Nintendo, we're not the only company that's submitting games to get approved and to get manufactured. And obviously with holiday seasons around the corner, things do slow down, but we are confident that we should be hearing back relatively soon. And that way we can keep pushing ahead with super blood hockey and, and get it to everybody. You know, right now we put a Q1 2021, which still feels very accurate. Um, and we'll continue to provide updates either through our newsletter. So you should sign up on our website. If you haven't already uh, subscribe to this playcast or follow us on social media. Um, the other thing I will say, though, that uh, with Pigeon Dev, it's our first game that we're doing our premium edition, our retro edition, and our deluxe edition. So you have three choices. And one question that I think we could you know, just talk about here quickly is, you know, what what is each edition? And is there something exclusive in one versus another? And the way that we want people to know is that each one builds upon each other. So, you know, if you get the premium, you get the slip cover, you get the game, you get the double-sided artwork on the ca- on the on the cover, you get the challenge card, all that. Then if you get the retro, you get all of that, everything that I just mentioned, but you also get a steel book, an official steel book, and it's housed in a retro style box. And that's our retro edition. And that's only $20 more for the steel book and the retro case or retro box. Then the deluxe takes that, takes that retro box and now we have a deluxe case that the retro box fits in. It also includes a CD soundtrack and enamel pin. Um, and then it also has a strategy guide, a full hardcover strategy guide that's going to be the same size as our deluxe case. And they all house together nicely in a slip cover. So we love our boxes. Um, we love <laughs> to do as many boxes as possible, but it's going to look awesome. And that one is $99.95. So you, you have your $40 for your premium edition with free shipping, mind you, free shipping for the premium. Then you have 60 for the retro and 100 for the deluxe with that hardcover art, uh, strategy guide. So I, I think it's fun because we're not going to be doing a deluxe with every one of our releases. It's really going to be very limited throughout the year because they do take time to write these these guidebooks. I mean, they're not 20-page guidebooks. They're 200 or 300 pages. I mean, they're massive. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, but it's not just the guidebook. It's it's the game, the guide, the legacy. So it has interviews with everybody involved in the game. It's going to have unused artwork. It's going to have, you know, discussions about our process for the game. And of course, you know, full guides. And for Pigeon Dev, it's four complete game guides in this book. So it's really going to be cool. Um, the Steel Book, I think, is awesome. So Erica on our team designed it. 
And Barry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the first landscape switch steel book. I believe um, so. Yeah. So uh, we have pictures up on our website. You could see it already. It's a retro style TV and it's a landscape and it has, you know, the characters inside the screen with, um, and it, it looks like a, a, like a, a selectable option menu of the four games, but it looks awesome. And, you know, we haven't shown it yet, but uh, the inside and the back are going to be really cool as well. Erica just has this eye for creativity and I think it's going to be awesome. So if you've already pre-ordered it, thank you so much for the support. If you haven't, you still can. And um, if you're in the U.S., Head on over to premiumeditiongames.com. If you're anywhere else in the world, go to videogamesplus.ca, and they carry our, our titles and ship overseas. Um, and they it's all the same item. So, you know, it's not exclusive to one site or the other. But, yeah, I well, think, yeah. I was going to say also to mention the retro and the deluxe. They're limited to 1,000 yes. copies, and they are selling fast. Yes. So if that, those type of things interest you, absolutely um jump on that yeah that's a good point so with super blood hockey it's a 5,000 print run which is the minimum for north america for the esrb for pigeon dev it's 3,000 worldwide of the premium and then a thousand each worldwide of the retro and the deluxe so yes it is limited uh it is selling it's still available but you know i as we always say don't wait if you know you want it just pre-order it guarantee yourself that copy and we're going to keep those pre-orders up until you know, until the game is in hand, then it switches over from a pre-order to a, just an order. Um, and we'll keep them up until we sell out. But definitely don't miss out because I, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited to see that final product. And I think it's going to set the tone for what you can expect with our releases. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, just give a shout out to our team. You know, um, I'm going to try and give everybody's name and hopefully I don't forget somebody. <laughs> so I'll start with Barry. That way I know I didn't forget, but you know, Barry, Jeff, myself, we've got Frank, the tank, we've got, um, 8-Bit Steve working on the guys. We've got Erica on graphic design. We got Rowan on the manuals. Um, Frank, I just mentioned, but he's social media with me. Um, we have Dan who's doing the video editing. Is there anybody else? I think I got everybody, right? You got everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it's such a great team. And I think what's really cool is that we're all from the community. We're all from the video game community. We're all from I'm, we're all from the Switch community. So we are gamers. We are collectors. And I think it's fun that we're building this company together because, you know, we know what we want to see in releases because we buy those releases. And now for us to be able to be on the other side of that and start making these titles and these physical releases that we really do believe people are going to enjoy. Um, it, it's exciting. And I really can't believe that, you know, we launched officially in August. We're already at the end of November, but we're really looking at a very small time frame before people are holding our games in our hands. Like I, I keep telling my wife that I think to me, the biggest shock is when, you know, the game comes sealed and I'm cutting it open for the first time. And I already picture like, you know, doing an, like a raw unboxing, just have the camera put the switch in front of me so people can see and watch them or have them watch me put the cartridge in to prove that, you know, the games pop up on the screen. And I, <laughs> and I think that to me is just going to be surreal. Cause it's like this, this physical edition wouldn't exist without us. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe in the future it could have, but you know, at this point in time, it's because of us, like we made this happen and like we're holding this manual and this specific style manual, which is going to be the NES style, which are awesome. It wouldn't exist without us. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that pretty soon people are putting our games on the shelf and they're part of the official Nintendo catalog forever. I mean, 
These are official ESRB releases, and it's just, it's a crazy thing, and it still feels surreal. And I don't think, to me, it's going to hit until I'm holding, you know, the first game in my hand, and I'm, I'm like, looking at it, and I'm just thinking, like, wow, it's real now. Oh, it is, and it's it's been quite a journey. Uh, I, th- I think I think it's it's just one of those things where a lot of people don't realize what it takes. And you know, you you and you and Jeff have done a tremendous amount of work. And you know, w- when I came on before, even before you know, Super Blood Hockey was revealed to the public, it was just it was a roller coaster. It mm-hmm. was just. Oh my God! What are we going to expect? And all these different hurdles yep. we encountered throughout pre- before we even announced ourselves to the announcement night to obviously <laughs> announcements, and, and then you know the second game going up and yep. just everything in between. And it's so it is it's so surreal and just we're so thankful to everybody in the community um, that that has supported us that has reached out to us. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean the, the customers, even the people who maybe they, they're not a fan of Super Blood Hockey, maybe they're not a fan of a Pigeon Dev, and they're excited for some of our other releases coming out. They've still been a part of the community. They've still been talking and chatting away. And, and yep. we're, we're appreciative of everybody. And we thank you all because we wouldn't be here without you guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, we are humbled by the the support from the community and, you know, I'll go one step further, but even people in the industry and, you know, I can't mention every, or I won't, I, I'm sure I would forget to mention everybody. So I'll just, you know, say a few, but, you know, super rare games, George and Ryan over there have been very supportive, wishing us well, you know, I talked to them and they've just, they've been very welcoming into, in, into their space. And then also for me, you know, I talk with uh, strictly limited games and, and the people behind that company, and they've been supportive and merge games and and first press games and, and on. And it's it's amazing because it's just like, wow, I, I feel part of this brand new community now um, of the physical publishers. And, you know, we our first game is still in production. So um, I still feel like we're kind of walking to that starting line. But it's just amazing to just see the support from them. And it's, it's, it's nice because, you know, we want to be part of that community. We want to be part of the gaming community, the collector, the publishing. And it's nice when, you know, you, people have their arms open wide and they say like, Hey, we're glad you're here. So thank you to all of them. Thank you to everybody. That's like you said, everyone that's been supporting us, talking about us, sharing our announcements or just hanging out with us in discord. That's the best place for like live, live hangout is just discord where we talk about everything. So yeah, and announcements there too. You got you got first first yeah. announcements as well. I don't think people realize that there was something physical that we shared there that we still haven't shared anywhere else, and that's the the slip covers. Um, oh, yeah. so we actually showed a picture of the first two game slip covers right in Discord, and they're probably going to stay there for a little while longer. Um, I will say, and I'm. Uh, Barry, I'm not sure if we had mentioned this in the group chat, but we actually had to go back and redesign slightly the slipcover from what we showed. Um, so this is, you know, these are these learning curves that we are experiencing. But the initial slipcovers were like an adhesive side. So you kind of like, you know, fold it on top and, and seal it. And it, it looked nice, but we actually went back and we're changing it to a flap like it folds inwards. So that way, at no point, you know, will the adhesive start to wear over time, things like that. So you know, we're changing the the design of the slipcover slightly, even though all the artwork is staying the same. But yeah, it's, it's things like that that we're learning that um, you won't know about until you you're in it already. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad. 
I'm glad for this process because I feel like it's just going to strengthen our future releases. It's going to set the tone for how we want our items to be, how they want, how we want to present them. So yeah, definitely go to Discord and, and find that picture. Let's see if you can find it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> uniformity is one of the things we, we strove for from the yes. beginning. Um, but it is hard to get a game from the planning phases and all that to actually release in hand. We're, we're encountering our own issues that we're dealing with. But as a nice transition here, not every company is as lucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do have some sad news. Uh, was revealed just recently, Physicality Games. Yeah, and we as, and you interviewed them. I did, and and there is an industry talk <clears throat> that I did that that you can obviously listen on the, anywhere you can hear the Switch Mania Playcast. Uh, wonderful people, absolutely mm -hmm. wonderful, genuine industry experts. Um, they they've been in the industry for a long time, and and they they still are. They're they're with Mastiff, yes. but they um have exited. The uh, physical publishing of physicality games, unfortunately, refunded everybody their yeah. money. And the three games that they have announced are, are, as far as I'm aware, canceled. They did not meet the minimum. Yeah. They were waiting for minimums for pre-order, which is... And the communication was a little off, too. But it's sad, because I, I personally was looking forward to Rolling Gunner, which is an, an episode we did on yep. the Switch Mania Playcast yep. and, and Guilty Gear and everything. Um, it's just, what, what are your take on this, JP? Oh, I'm, I'm sad because I've gotten a chance to talk with them. Um, and I, I was big supporters for them from day one. Whenever a new company comes on, comes into the scene, the first thing I, I personally try and do through my JP switch mania channel is just reach out and just say, Hey, like, welcome. Great to see, you know, another company putting out games. I was a day one pre-orderer of all their titles. So rolling gunner, slay away camp, guilty gear, um, I don't think Whispering Willows ever went live for no. pre-order. It was announced, and I can't remember if I'm missing a title. But, you know, I pre-ordered all of them. And, yeah, their model was different from everybody else. And on one hand, it was something that people wanted. They they offered the ability to just put $5 down to pre-order a copy, and you wouldn't have to pay until the game was released. And honestly, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's like the GameStop method, right? You go in, you put 5 bucks, hold yourself a game, and you're good to go. But the thing that they did differently that, as far as I know, other companies weren't doing is that they were waiting until they sold all their copies. So no. they had a tracker on their website, and it would be a countdown. So as they got pre-orders, the number would go down. And and I mean, I could be wrong, but it sounded like they were trying to hit the full run in pre-orders before they went into manufacturing. And unfortunately, it just never came to be. I think they got over halfway with one or two of their titles, but... I mean, I think it was about eight months, you know, since they first launched to, you know, last week when they they sent out the announcement that they were no longer going to be publishing games, that they were, like Barry said, they refunded everybody immediately. Um, so everybody got their money back. There was no loss. But it's a shame because, you know, on one hand, you never want to see a company fail. I, I never do, especially uh, when there's nice people behind that company. And mm -hmm. it actually bothers me when I see, you know, people commenting negatively um, because, you know, they tried something different and I commend them for it. Uh, but I'm sad. I'm sad it didn't work out for them. I'm sad it didn't work out for us to get physical games. I'm sad for the developers because, you know, as of right now, I haven't seen anybody else pick up these games. So for all we know, this is that one and done and we may never see Rolling Gunner uh, physically or physically for the Switch. Guilty Gear was a little different because there 
was a, a Peggy European release that did come out previously, and this was going to be the ESRB. So we'll put that one in its own bucket. But then Slayaway Camp also was going to be released for the first time. And it's a shame, you know, they were doing PS4, they were doing Switch, they were doing Steelbooks, they had regular deluxe editions, they had these tins that would be nice for display. Um, uh, the shadow boxing they were talking about, like, yep. they had a lot of great ideas in their collector's editions yeah and you know their model is an interesting one and i think what a lot of people don't realize is making a game is expensive oh i'm not talking the game development just actually the physical publishing because at least in america you know the limit is you know the the minimum is five thousand so you have to pay for five thousand carts and five thousand cases and five thousand artworks and all that stuff and if you don't have the money up front to fund the entire thing, it, it gets expensive. So obviously pre-orders do help alleviate that. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish they were able to push through uh, and see how it went. Because I think any first release is hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're doing our own. Yep. But I think for a lot of people, they want to see that it's going to come to fruition before they always jump in it's like the people with kickstarter i don't want to do a kickstarter because the game may not come out or a kickstarter launches and they're like well i'll wait till it's funded and then i'll go ahead and put my money in um i understand that mentality i've done it myself with with many things and it's just getting over that first hurdle and getting that game out uh and it's just it's just shame because like a physicality games is a great people behind it. I do hope they can somehow bounce back and do get these games out. If not, I hope someone else is able to pick up these games uh, yeah. to bring them physically in the ESRB, even guilty gear. You know, I have the Peggy version, but you know, I would have preferred the ESRB version and uh, the steel books they had were really nice. Yeah. And I saw, I saw some of the stuff like, cause on, on the, on the, the talk I had, the industry talk I had with them, they showed me some of the stuff and oh my God, like I was so hyped mm-hmm. for their collector's editions, their, their tins and everything. And uh, it's now vaporware, unfortunately. And I, and I will say that, I mean, one positive thing to look at in terms of how this company operated is that they didn't do the pay Peter from Paul method where they had a number of games up for pre-order. I mean, like we mentioned for the switch and the PS4, and in reality, they probably had enough to take care of at least one of the games. Do you know what I mean? Like they probably had enough money from the pre-orders of all of them combined to get the first one out. But then you would have been playing catch up and you could have been into serious trouble later on if, you know, pre-orders for the next games don't pick up. How do you pay for the previous ones? And they didn't do that. Um, and I think that's commendable. I mean, you know, they they tried something, they stuck to it. It didn't work out, unfortunately. And, you know, I don't see it as a... Um, you know, future companies shouldn't pursue, you know, physical games. I don't think it should be seen as like a blight on on the industry, unlike, you know, Warren collectors that stole people's money. I mean, that's, to me, I don't like it when, you know, Warren and physicality are put together because it really is not the same situation at all. Um, But unfortunately, I mean, that's the mindset that, that happens when, you know, a company doesn't perform well is that other companies in that industry are getting lumped in now. Um, and you know, it, it has an effect on us as well, right? We're, we're the new guys and I think we're the newest ones, um, after physicality. So, you know, it it makes people a little wary and wonder like, okay, well, you know, this company had guilty gear, let's say, you know, a big title and it didn't work out. What's going to happen with, with premium edition. And what I will say to, you know, defend ourselves is that the cartridges have been ordered for pigeon dev. Um, we would have ordered Super Blood Hockey if Nintendo 
was done with reviewing the game. Um, so, you know, we can't share all the inner workings of how this company runs because, you know, obviously confidential information. But what I will say this, and it's just, I think, common math is that we may have to make 5,000 games. You don't need to sell all 5,000 to recoup your cost, obviously, because, you know, you, you make something and you always sell it for more. I mean, that's just how economics works. So for us, you know, we saw it as we're going to, we're going to make these games happen. If we're putting them up for pre-order or for sale, we're going to make them. And I'm happy to say that Pigeon Dev is on its way. I mean, it's going to be shipping soon, like I said, and early next year, we're going to be shipping them out. And I think it's going to be fun. And, and to me, that's when I think the mentality shifts for our company. So just talking about us, because yeah. once, once we have games in hand that are shipping out, we do become that company that people know like, Hey, I ordered from them. I got, I got what they promised. And moving forward, I think it makes it easier when we announce a title because now you have your proof of concept. You've already shipped out the games. You've already shown people what the manuals are going to look like, what the slip covers are going to look like. You're going to see what we're all about and you're going to actually be able to hold it and, and judge it for yourself and not just, you know, through our pretty pictures and what we talk about, but actually hold the game, play the games and and I think it's going to be very different for us, you know, moving into 2021. Um, but these are the initial new company hurdles that we fully expected. Um, but yeah, it's uh, just going back to physicality. It is a shame. I wish them well. Um, and, you know, I, I would still say I hope new companies and, and people who want to pursue this, you know, aren't discouraged by it. I hope, you know, they they, you know, review it internally themselves and see if it's something that they want to be doing. But I, I still hope we see more companies come out because there's so many games that deserve physicals. And no matter how many companies you have, you'll just never have enough companies to support all those wonderful games. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I uh, wish them well. And, and anything else on that, Barry? No, nah, I mean, that's, that's it. Just play little taps in your head and... No, we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> now, now I'm going to throw something out that we didn't talk about of what's going to be on the show, but yes. Jeff mentioned it to me, and it's not going to be. Uh, it, I guess it's the poke the berry. Segment. Yeah. Uh, so, so all I'll say is, JP. Before we started recording, JP said that Jeff wanted to do something to get me riled up or, or talk about something to get me riled up because Jeff likes to do that. Jeff he likes is. to get me riled up. I think it's like a sick, twisted, you know, <laughs> fetish of his. Um, so I have no idea what JP is going to talk about, but apparently I got to get ready to get on my soapbox. So here well, we go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the name of a game. That's all I'm going to say. And I think you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I wanted <clears> to <throat> have a disclaimer that for me personally, nothing against you know, the people behind this, um, I'm big fans, I'm big supporters, but it is something that I think is worth talking about because it is something that I've seen a lot of feedback on. So Barry, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Shenmue three. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. That was in my head. I knew you were going to talk about that. That was it. Absolutely. And, and I, I was having a conversation with some people on Twitter about this. So, so before you go we, too far, we, yes, why don't you yes. lay the, do you want me to lay the ground. wallpaper or should you? You, you can lay the okay. wallpaper. <laughs> so limited run games just announced a brand new collector edition for Shenmue three for the PS4. And in this collector edition, it's $149.99, limited to 3,000 copies up on their website right now. They announced it yesterday, I believe, mm -hmm. um, for a Friday release. And it's the only way to get the game on a disc with all the DLC and additional content. So they are not selling this game 
separately. And the, um, too. And the pack, right. So if you want the you know the complete edition, you have to buy it in this one hundred forty nine ninety nine uh, collector edition. And to be fair. Um, what I'm going to do is I am going to open up their website r- really quick because I do want to read the items that come in it. I don't want to make it sound like you have to pay 150 and all you're getting is the game. Uh, that's not it at all. You get this really cool collectible box. You get, and I'm going to read through it. So you get the game that has um, the game, the latest patch, all the DLC. You get um, a welcome card from Hotel Nauwu, a Chobu Chan figurine, a Bailu Chan figurine, the Shenmue 3 Complete Edition Commemorative Dreamcast Jewel Case, no Dreamcast game disc is included, um, pending licensor approval, a 5-inch die-cast sword of 7 stars replica, a Golden Goose VIP card, and a Bailu Herb map. Um, this is not part of their numbered run, so missing it will not compromise a full limited run collection, um, but it is limited to 3,000 copies, and it, like we said, it's the only way to get the game disc um, with all all the content on it. So, Barry, you know, we wanted to bring it up because we know you... You you are full setter PS4, I believe. Um, no, ESRB? I'm not a full setter PS4. Um, no. but but uh, I have a lot, and I have a full limited run set, and all limited really, um, outside of. Uh, but I know you normally trade. don't buy collector editions anymore. Right. Okay, so you see this get announced. Mm-hmm. Walk us through it. Um, first thing I did was immediately go to the comments to type out um is this going to be released separately and before i could other people asked and they stated no the only way they could do this is through this collector's edition did they explain why um they did not but i'm guessing because this is a game that was published Mm -hmm. already that was Mm -hmm. the only way they would let limited run publish another run of it Oh, is okay. if they went through. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems plausible. Now, this is a game I actually I kickstarted. Mm-hmm. So I kickstarted it, paid more for it through Kickstarter than the actual retail release. And all I got was a really shitty slipcover that did not even have the name of the game on the spine. Meanwhile, other places like Best Buy, you pre-ordered it for $20 less and you got a steelbook. So I actually pre-ordered it at Best Buy to get the steelbook and return the Best Buy one just so I could make my own complete collection. Right. And this is not actually the first time this has happened. This actually happened as recently as last week <clears throat> with another game called Dead Cells. Yeah. Where Yes, Merge, Dead okay. Cells. Yes, Merge Games and Signature Edition games. So this is the really the Signature Edition version of Dead Cells. So sorry, keep going. It's not. What what they did is when Dead Cells first came out, they did a Signature Edition and a Regular Edition. It was just the game. Yep. Then they released two patches of DLC, and they did the action, or maybe only after only the first patch of DLC, but they did the Action Game of the Year Edition, which included that DLC, but it included it via a code. Yes. The card itself was the same. Then they announced the Prisoner's Edition a, over a year later with a statue and all this other stuff and two, two aspects of DLC, two patches. And at first, we asked, what is it going to be? And they actually stated it was going to be the Action Game of the Year edition with just the code. Like, it was going to be the same thing. And people complained. And they finally said, you know what? We hear you. For this special edition and this special edition only, mm-hmm. we're going to make the card and the disc, because it's Switch and PS4, the complete version. It's going to have the DLC and the latest patches on the card and disc. So it's the only way to get a complete or as complete as of now version mm-hmm. of the game on card and disc and it's $120 for the, the collector's edition and 
I, that's one of those where like on PS4, I had the signature edition on switch. I had the signature in the, in the U S yep. I saw the signatures because I'm getting rid of, you know, ones that have ESRB and Peggy. I just want the ESRB. Yep. So I, bought it on ps4 and on switch the prisoners editions and they are huge <laughs> yeah, i yeah. did it just for the complete version of both of these games yep. and uh it sucked and to do that and then literally the next week here's limited run here's 150 you have to do it again and i'll be honest with you i did i pre-ordered it i pre-ordered it because uh, the reason i did is because of one game and that game is marvel ultimate alliance Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is, for those that don't know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out in 360, uh, and, and we and other games. But they added on DLC afterwards with with new characters, and I believe 360 was the only version <clears throat> that had a re-release, a gold edition and then a special edition, and and both of those contain all the DLC on disc. And shortly after, they lost the license to the DLC. So the DLC was taken down. So if you oh. buy the game outside, like right now, you just buy a used copy on the Wii or the 360, or, you know, you're going to put that game in. You're going to be able to play the game. The game's there, but you won't be able to access those DLC characters. Mm-hmm. The only way to play those DLC characters is with those special edition, the, the gold edition of the 360 version on disc. It might have been on PS3 as well, but I know for sure it was 360. And those versions are significantly more money because you're getting the complete game and ever since then and i watched that go up i've been more hesitant to Mm -hmm. get early prints and i want like like the newer game of the year editions really bug me because it's the same disc with a dlc code they used to print their own brand new discs with with everything on it so this is kind of like that and i know down the road when the servers shut down these discs are going to be the ones worth significantly more because if you can't access that DLC anymore, this is the only way to play the complete versions of these games. Mm-hmm. So that's really what drove me to buy it. Now I'm going to be I'm gutting these. I'm not going to keep them sealed in a box or whatever. I'm going to open them, gut them and probably sell off the pieces. I don't want, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need a complete thing, even if it's, you know, could be worth $5,000 later on. Oh, well, um, it is what it is. Cause I have no room for them and they're huge. <laughs> and the, you know, the prisoner's edition is just ginormous. Oh, massive. <laughs> it's it's massive. just on my floor. Yeah. It's massive. And I have two of them. And they, I was like, I was like, Holy crap, these things are huge. Uh-huh. So I, I don't, I don't have the space for that. So I will be getting rid of them. You know, the, the parts I don't want. And it, this sucks. It, but it's also good at the same time. Like it's, it's, it's great that this is happening, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy that this disc is going to exist, especially with a, a, a storied franchise like Shenmue. You're getting the complete version of Shenmue Three this way. Mm-hmm. What sucks is there's no standard edition, and if there was a standard edition, I don't think anybody would care. I mean, right. well, except maybe the people who, like me, kickstarted, and maybe they're a little sour that now there's a complete edition they should have waited. Mm-hmm. But at least there'd be a standard thirty dollar release or forty dollar release of this. But no, there is not. You have to buy the full version. And and maybe you'll find someone who wants to piecemeal it. But I guarantee you, the disc is going to be the last part they ever sell. Yep. And if they do, they're going to charge a lot of money for that disc because they know it's going to command it. And you're probably going to pay close to 150 just for the disc secondhand down the road. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that. Uh, one thing I will say, just to shift really quick, is that I have to I have to find where it was or just open them up myself. But Guacamelee, yes. the compilation in the U.S., came out on the Switch. The U.K. one came out about a year later. And it and from what I've 
Dread, it has the DLC on the cartridge, whereas the US one was in, I believe, in the case. Um, I need to really open it up and confirm for myself. I, and I, you know, I had that FOMO fear of like, I, I read it somewhere and I was like, oh, maybe I should just buy the UK one. So I did. It was only like what, 20, 30 bucks. Um, but I'm just like, it's interesting when things like that happen and you don't always know it happens. Um, yeah. So just shifting a little. So you find out secondhand that it's like, oh yeah, you know, this one came out and it has everything. And you're like, oh, I did not. And it makes it very interesting because, you know, one thing that I've been reading about lately are, is, you know, when a game is manufactured later on, is the latest patch on there? Is the latest update on there? Whereas the case may look identical. Um, maybe the, you know, maybe, you know, for the Kenai, maybe the code on the back of the case that represents the cartridge is different, but sometimes you may not have any way of knowing. Yep. Um, and has There's, that happened before? Like, I'm not too familiar with yeah. this, but okay. There's some DS games where the case is exactly identical but on the if you ever look at any ds label it actually has the number right in the bottom of the label when you look at it and sometimes you'll see like dash 100 and then you'll find another one that says dash 101 mm -hmm. and that has a more recent uh patch uh one one that i know of for you know because because some collectors they like original black border, as they call them, games. Uh, they don't like the greatest hits yep. uh, on the PlayStation or the, the Player's Choice on Nintendo or the Nintendo Selects or the, the Platinum hits from, uh, from uh, Microsoft. They like the pure original. But sometimes the Platinum or greatest hits is actually the more complete version mm -hmm. of a game. You know, like, uh, I think Tony Hawk, American Skateland or mm -hmm. Wasteland on uh, PS2 uh, had a special edition on PS... Uh, the the greatest hits was a special edition one that i know is is uh, known or, or more widely known as mortal Com i think mortal Kombat trilogy on the playstation um the greatest hits version mm -hmm. is actually a uh, a more recent update to that game and that was before there was dlc so mm -hmm. it, that version actually plays better than the original release so wow. if you it's kind of one of those things where what do you do do you go all black border do you mix or right. do you skip the black border and go for the better version of the game to play and that's really depends on how you want to collect but yeah this is a whole rabbit hole that a lot of people who get into video game collecting don't realize exists mm -hmm. and and when you start to realize there's a lot of variants out there that it's like holy crap i didn't realize like um on the ds there's uh snk versus capcom card fighting uh and uh if you get the retail release of the game that game had a bug in it that did not actually let you i think finish it there was it was some kind of weird bug with it and for those that encountered the bug and wrote into capcom they were sent an updated card with the the latest patch to fix that bug because again there was no dlc and, and the label itself is the the logo is in color but the background is in black and white as opposed to color so there's wow. two versions of that case with two different labels or two or uh, the card and they just sent the card so there's no retail release of this but that card contains the version of the game without that bug making it the absolute better version of the game and, and na naturally the rarer version of the game mm -hmm. um there's other titles more famously like fire emblem fates on the 3ds where the special edition they released had the third full game revelations on the card it had all three games together but revelations was never sold separately on card it was just a dlc you had to download so the only way to get the complete fire emblem fates experience on card is through that special edition which is what makes it so expensive 
Um, there's a lot of these weird things where I, it boggles my mind why they just won't let regular people have the full version of the game, at least down the road. But it's it's all about cost cutting. Uh, you know, how can we be cheap? And that's why Game of the Year editions now uh, contain just the the base version of the game with the DLC code because it's mm. much cheaper than sending in for more lock checks a new version of the yeah. game with all the DLC. Uh, and, and that's really what it boils down to. It's less of a headache and it's easier to just print new artwork and throw in some DLC code uh, versus actually giving us the complete version of the game on disc or card. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, for me, you know, I am a variant collector and I am more of a, like case variant collector. So for instance, you know, now we're digressing, but the Yu-Gi-Oh game that had come out on the Switch had, I think, 9,000 cards. It, it, it touted on the back, right? And it had a thing that said 9,000 cards. And then I remember seeing in the Facebook group, there was a new case that came out that said over 10,000 cards. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to buy that. But I don't think, like me personally, I don't know if I would necessarily try and rebuy games if I knew the latest patch was out. I mean, I think if it was evident, like, oh, Dick, everything is now included and it's still just, you know, under the guise of like the regular edition and it's just like, you know, it's the next print run, like maybe I'd go find it. But I don't think I would try and like hunt down every single game and keep looking at the cartridges to see if it's the latest one. I think well, I think I go crazy. You would. And I think that's one of the best things about collector groups. Uh, you know, I'm in a bunch of them on Facebook and someone will find one yes. of these and they will post about it. And it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because one, it, it, oh my God, now I've known about it, but now so do a thousand other people. And now suddenly that one version that was just sleeping under the radar goes up and is suddenly worth a lot more money because there's more interest, it's supply and demand. So absolutely. Heck, someone could be listening to this right now and go, I didn't know about that SNK versus Capcom on DS and and hunting for that card. And and it could go up because of it. And that's not what I'm trying to do. It's just an example. Um, Middle Jesus experiences that all the time. Uh, Sometimes just bringing awareness of certain things to people uh, has that adverse effect. And it's I understand it. And there's sometimes there, there's a game I'm personally looking for for my collection. And a lot of times I won't actually ask if anybody has it because I don't want to bring attention yep. to it. And people go, oh, maybe I should be looking for it too. So I don't usually tell people what's on my personal wish list right. because until you that's get it. me until I get it. Yep. Um, you know, and it, it, I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's, it's funny because when you finally see one appear in, in an eBay auction and you suddenly see like three bidders going up and you're like, you're <laughs> the only three people in the world that care about this one thing right now, but all three of you are gunning for it. And only one of you will win. And only one will win. Uh, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, weird things but yeah this Shenmue 3 thing not to get too far off the tangent um like I said it's it is what it is I mean you can sit there and you can be angry about it all you want but it's not going to stop it from coming out so you have two choices you could ignore it and just move on and be happy with the retail release of Shenmue 3 or you can bite the bullet and buy it and sell out the rest of the parts of the collector's edition that come with it to subsidize the cost uh that's pretty much all you really can do no yeah absolutely and while we're on the topic of limited run games and i'll bring this back around again later but if you haven't sunday uh november 22nd yes november 22nd 1159 p.m it's gonna be your last chance to pre-order the mummy demastered so you can do the regular or the classic edition so if you haven't yet 
uh, make sure you head over to Limited Run Games to secure your pre-order. Uh, and I just want to make sure people knew that. So, yeah, that was the thing that, you know, Jeff wanted to touch upon. And it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, on one hand, it's, it's awesome when you can get a more complete edition of a game. I'm sure everybody appreciates that because you don't have to worry about, you know, having access to a download in the future. On the other hand, it's a big investment uh, when it's when it's only available in one edition. So, you know, I hope, you know, people who are fans of it and want it are happy with, with the purchase. Um, and like you said, you know, if it's something that you just want the game, just sell the pieces later on and I'm sure you'll recoup your costs uh, one it's, way or another. It's also one of those things where if you purchase the game, the odds of you losing money in the end are less um, just because down the road... Um, you'll, if you want to, you know, recoup and sell the game, you probably can sell the game just by itself or close to that. Mm -hmm. Like, especially after it's no longer available. Uh, And again, especially on a a franchise like Shenmue, you know, you're you're getting, it's a niche franchise, but it still has a following. And it's, it's because of that, that I'm not talking like, oh, tomorrow I'm talking, you know, you know, five, 10 years from now, right. You know. Every every system has a renaissance. What I, well, it's what I call the renaissance, which is close to around twenty years after it launched, because and then the people who grew up with it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, Jeff and I were just on Nintendo Dad's podcast. Um, I don't think they posted it yet, but Jeff said the exact same thing. He, he it came up the topic of the renaissance, uh, the twenty years. So I was just like, "This is deja vu. I've heard this somewhere before." But <laughs> well, no, sorry, that's awesome. Well, Keep going. Jeff, I think Jeff and I actually have talked about it before too. But uh, it's uh, you know, a lot of other collectors have noticed this. It's just a pattern. Mm-hmm. And twenty years from the launch of the PS4, which was twenty thirteen, so you're looking at twenty thirty three, which seems like a long time from now. But before you know it, it will be here. Um, the kids that grew up with the PS4 will now be adults, and they will most likely have expendable income, and they will want to relive their childhood, and they'll get a PS4, and PS4 collecting will will jump up. And mm-hmm. that's really where it's going to start to shine. I'm not saying buy it as an investment and put it away for for you know seven, 17 years or 13 years or whatever. Like don't don't do that. Video games should not be an investment. If it goes up, it goes up. That's great. But it's one of those things where at least if you put the money in now, enjoy it, play it, have the complete experience. But down the road, should you choose to get rid of it, um, you should be relatively safe. You know, at that point, maybe your kids need to go to college or (laughs) they need a car. You say, okay, well, at least I can help subsidize it if you're no longer playing or no longer care. But yeah. That that's just one of those things where could it go down? Absolutely. It's a whole the video game collecting is a speculative market. There's no way to know this is going to be the next stadium events. There's never going to be another stadium event. Right. Stadium events was a lightning in a bottle. And anything like this, it's all speculation. People are like, oh, limited run, everything's gonna go up. You know, and look at it, it hasn't. There are certain games that absolutely have, and then there are plenty you can get right now at retail release or price look at super rare games we talked about them earlier some of their games like no one thought lovers was going to explode but then you have you know human fall flat their very first release and it's you know just got a retail release now it's it's not going anywhere so yeah there's no way to know and if you're gonna say oh i'm this is gonna go where this is gonna go and speculate and that's why you're buying these games uh you know there's better ways to make money 
I think in the end than video game collecting, you, you know, hopefully you're doing it because you love games and you love playing. But if this is something you absolutely jones in for, you love Shenmue, you absolutely want to have the complete version. Mm-hmm. I think it's a safe bet. I do not think you're going to lose much. And you know what? Down the road, if you can only sell it for 80 bucks and you go, wow, I lost 70 bucks and you have the other stuff, maybe you sell the other stuff and recoup some of it. As long as you enjoyed it, it's worth yeah. it. I mean, you exactly. go watch a movie at a movie theater for two hours and you spend, you know, 10, 20 bucks for that when the movies are back on. Yeah, I wish it was only 10 bucks. Well, yeah, you get two hours of entertainment and you walk away and all you have is your memories. That's it. Right. At least here, you're still getting a tangible item. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, you know, the whole, you know, oh, if the game doesn't sell out right away, you know, it's a failure. I mean, that's really the wrong way to look at it. I mean, we look at our titles even, right? Super Blood Hockey, we still have available for pre-order pigeon dev is still available and you know we had some people that were surprised that the retro and the deluxe didn't sell out you know us you know internally we're not surprised i mean we think they're solid games but you know aside from being a new company it it doesn't happen that that fast anymore or at all where you know a game goes up for sale or pre-order and it sells out immediately and to me that's okay like it's okay to have your your games still available when you have release four or five because new people I always believe this new people are going to be finding us at all times and the last thing I would want is to be on release you know like five or six already and people feel like oh my god I already missed their first like four games like I can't I'll I'll never have a complete set because some people do like that or they want those other games and for us to say like oh yeah we may still have copies of super blood hockey available at a convention like come visit us or we may have the pigeon dev still available and i think that's okay um so i know like for us we didn't get into this to sell out immediately and make it hard for people to get our games i don't think any company goes in with that mentality but i definitely think the landscape has changed from what it was years ago and um yeah i just hope people are collecting uh for because it makes them happy and not because they feel it's just an investment because I think you'll be disappointed overall. Um, but yeah, I, interesting, interesting. Um, so the next section, uh, we can go as long or as little, but I figure we could just touch upon quickly maybe like one or two games that we're, we're currently playing, you know, whether it's for the Switch or the PS5 or anything else. Uh, and then, of course, with our next episode, we'll go back to old school musical and do a, a deep dive into that one. So, Barry, what have you been playing? <laughs> Well, uh, I think our next episode after Old School Musical should be no surprise. We'll probably most likely do Hyrule Warriors yes. Age of Calamity, which Ooh. I have been playing a, a little bit of, so I won't get into that, but I have I have right. already started it. So just, all right, well now because you piqued my curiosity, okay. if you're a fan of Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. and the story, mm-hmm. are you going to enjoy this game? From what I've seen so far, yeah, there's a lot of cutscenes, there's a lot of voice acting, awesome. uh, a lot of great character moments, seeing them all interact, you know, before, you know... For better words, shit hitting the fan. Um, and if you liked Hyrule Warriors, <laughs> if you played Hyrule Warriors, you will enjoy this. Or Dynasty Warriors. I mean, it, it's those type of, you know, that type of game. But there's a lot to do. I mean, if you played the demo, you'll know there's a lot to do. Like in addition to there's like training areas and a bunch of other little mini missions and materials to farm, and it, it's a big game. Like I so, could, I, <laughs> I'm still in you- chapter two. So two quick things to ask, uh, and then that's it. We're not going to go any further because otherwise this whole episode is going to turn into Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> we don't um, but I, I just want to know. So one is um, the demo. Did it have something that if you beat it, you 
besides your save data, is there something exclusive that you get no. for beating the demo? No, when you do the demo, you could do the first two missions and then okay. the next four open up. But if you try to click them, it says this is the end of the demo. You can't do anymore. But you can do other side things and go back into it. But just save. And when you exit and you start the actual game, it says save data from the demo is found. Do you want to load it? And you hit yes, and you just load your save data. If you have Breath of the Wild uh, save data, you will get a sword. I know Ooh. there was a digital thing that was you get the soup ladle if you yeah. had the digital stuff. Well, you can also get the soup ladle. Like, that's not exclusive. You just get one. So uh -huh. I've gotten the soup, like, several soup ladles at this point just as random drops. So don't okay. be like, oh, I'm, as a physical buyer, I lost the soup ladle. As they, no, you didn't. You can still get the soup ladle. And the last thing I'm going to ask, although now I have so many more questions. Uh, <laughs> last thing I'm going to ask, does this, it, I mean, is it known, but is this game supposed to lead right into... Kind of like where you pick up in Breath of the Wild? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen any spoilers for the endings, but I will say there's the, there's a little bit of a monkey wrench. I mean, obviously, you played the demo. You've seen kind of the monkey wrench right at I the beginning. I have not played the demo. Okay, well, there, there's a little bit of monkey wrench kind of thrown in the middle, uh, right, right in the beginning that throws everything kind of in a, a question mark. Mm -hmm. uh, way so I don't know if this is like ca canonical now at this point or if okay. it's a, a what if or I don't know if it's one of those where you know back mm -hmm. to the future kind of deal where <laughs> Marty goes back and his parents separate so now he's never born kind of deal uh -huh. um, I don't know so I haven't gotten that far okay uh, fair enough I will yeah. leave it at that <laughs> I'll um, leave it at that so um, what have you been playing other oh, than Hyrule other than that uh, and, and an old school musical of course uh, mm -hmm. Animal Crossing they just had a big update um, that just went live and uh, still, still playing a little bit of Animal Crossing. Uh, I know you guys are still intense, but it's something I've liked. <laughs> but the main, the main thing I've actually been playing is actually on the PlayStation Five. I've been playing Spider-Man Remastered. Ooh, how um, is it? Amazing. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, it is such a good. Like, I, I wanted to play it when it came out on the PS4. I got it. I just never played it. And when mm -hmm. I found out, oh, you can get the remastered version by getting the ultimate launch Miles Morales. I'm like, I'm gonna do that, even though it's digital only. I got the you know physical Miles Morales, downloaded it, and uh, it is amazing. It looks gorgeous. It's a it's a very much an open world like Breath of the Wild, except you're Spider-Man, you're swinging through New York City and a lot of the landmarks are there and there's a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of like, you know, random crimes to stop and other little challenge things and stuff to hit, you know, like hidden backpacks and a bunch of hidden collectibles. God, it's like Donkey Kong 64 in terms of collectibles. <laughs> but the story is excellent. It's a great take on Spider-Man. The voice acting is really well done. I know some people are, are not happy with the redesign of Peter Parker's face versus the original. But since I never played the original, I'm perfectly fine with it because <laughs> this is the only one I know. Uh, I would love it if this came to Switch, and I know it's never happening because it's Insomniac, uh, and Insomniac obviously is owned by Sony. Never, but, say never. Uh, true. I mean, they, their first game never. was Rocket on the N64, but the I wouldn't hold your <laughs> breath. Um, it, this is, I mean, it's not a system seller in the sense of you can play it on the PS4, so you don't need a PS5. But it is absolutely a beautiful game. I'm having way more fun with it than I thought I would. I was hoping to actually finish it before Hyrule Warriors. But A, it's a bigger game than I thought. And B, life decided to not give me as much time as I would like to play. So I'm still slowly working my way. And I'm trying to play like 
30 minutes of each game a day because I'm not having a lot of time right now with the holidays. So yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to bounce back and forth between the two and like do a mission to Hyrule Warriors, do a do a mission in Spider-Man every day. And maybe I'll, I'll beat it before Thanksgiving or who knows. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I, if you have a PS4 or a PS5, I do recommend. And I haven't played Miles Morales yet. I've heard good things about that. Uh, so I, I hope to jump into that after I finish uh, Remastered. So is it recommended then to play through Spider-Man first and then go into Miles yes. Morales? Yes, okay. Miles Morales is a sequel. And I mean, he he is in in Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. so so you get to see him as just a kid before he is Spider-Man and then eventually I'm assuming he either gets, you know, bitten himself or or transformed or that happens in the beginning of Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely a sequel. It's a smaller game too. Miles Morales is a smaller game. Okay. But it is if if you plan on playing them, they're great. They're great, and I do recommend it. But but definitely start with Spider Man, whether the PS4 or the remastered on PS5. Now, did you buy the Xbox also? Yes, I did. I okay. got the Xbox Series X, which my wife has confiscated. She is <laughs> playing Rise of the Tomb Raider on. Uh, I did one of the first things I did on it is for those that that don't know, I used to collect. I know this is going to be a shocker here, but I used to collect digital games. <gasps> Shock. Um, and then we're done. When, when, when uh, the 360 came out, I fell in love with the Xbox Live Arcade service. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. <clears throat> what? I said it was fun getting the, uh, the, what are they called? Not challenges. Achievements. Achievements, yeah. My, it was I, fun getting the achievements. Yeah. I, yeah I, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. I just, when I was working at GameStop, and that's when the 360 came out, I was working at the launch, I had an employee there. That was obsessed. I mean, when I say obsessed, he had a binder, and he and because you could borrow games from GameStop, he would purposely get the ones with like the quick achievements to fill it King up. King Kong was the launch game, but it was the easiest one yeah. thousand. <laughs> he, he went for like, I mean, I'm I don't know if he kept up with it after he left GameStop and I left, but I mean, when I say he went for everything, like he had like the whole booklet that he printed out of every single achievement, and he, like he was crazy for it. So sorry, keep going. Yes, so so the achievements were great, but I I just fell in love with the like the launch games. It was like the Midway Gauntlet and Joust, and there mm-hmm. was a poker game, and it was just it was a fun little experience to play like Gauntlet online with a bunch of other people. It was like this is really a lot of fun. So I started getting every game, and I did. I purchased every game from launch launch mm-hmm. day of the 360 until 2000, like mid 2012, like summer 2012. Mm-hmm. Every game that they put out, which was a lot of games. It was over wow. 500 games I got. And then I ran out of hard drive space. I filled up a 320 <laughs> gig hard drive. They didn't have a 500 gig. So I realized at that point I couldn't actually own them all. That pissed me off <laughs> because Microsoft wouldn't literally take my money. So I stopped. And I, 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 I was like, that's it. I'm done with digital. And I, I went physical for everything else. But when I booted up the, the Xbox Series X, I went to my game library and just over 200, maybe like 230, 240 of those 500 were right there in the list, instantly loaded for me to download. Wow. So on, on the Series X, so I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I haven't, I haven't really messed around with my 360 and the XBLA, but it was just so cool to go through. And I re-downloaded a couple of them that my wife and I really love. Um, it's this way she would have access to them right away instantly. Um, it is awesome. Like that, that feature, that backwards compatibility of the Series X is the best part for me. 
And uh, yeah, she she's just taken to it. She loves playing on Xbox, so she's absolutely having fun with the Series X. So I haven't actually played anything on it yet, other than you know just messing around with some XBLA games. And I'm looking forward to like doing Ori. I, I figure I'll probably do the Ori games on that versus the Switch because they'll probably look and perform a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, one one of these days, maybe next year, I'll get to actually mess around with it when she uh, she lets me have it. Oh my gosh, that's crazy though. That that's a nice little uh, fun thing to boot up, and it's like, oh my gosh, I have a lot of games to start with already. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it. Now, that's, was, was there anything for the Xbox that made that if you weren't, you know, going for every system right away, was there a game on there at launch that was like, oh, I need to buy the Xbox for you? No, the Xbox Series X library, launch library, in my opinion, is the worst in history. Um, just just at, pretty much everything is available mm-hmm. or virtually everything is available. And to me, it's just it's very confusing, too. Because if you go to a GameStop or a Target or anything and you want to look for those games, the cases are virtually identical. And it seems the only way to tell is if you look in the top left corner, if it says Xbox One and then Xbox Series X, that means it's an Xbox One game that's playable on the Series X. But if it says Xbox One or Xbox Series X and then Xbox One, that means it's a Series X game. But if you put it in it will also contain the Xbox One version of the game. So if you have a Series X, you want to look for Series X listed first. That way you're playing the actual Series X game. Otherwise, you're playing the Xbox One version that's like enhanced. So it's super confusing. There's there's no difference. There's no color difference between the cases. It is is terrible and I think a botch. <laughs> My God, that sounds incredibly confusing. Yeah, it's it's absolutely confusing, and I think NBA 2K1 is uh, 2K21 might be the only one that actually says Xbox Series X only because it's like a better version. Mm-hmm. But but and I'm sure there will be in the future. But they said like the first two years there won't really be any exclusives. So I mainly got it for backwards compatibility and to play because I got an Xbox One at launch. I have the day one edition, and I put eight hours into the whole system since launch. Like. Between the Wii U, the 3DS, the Vita, the PS4, and the Switch, uh, I never went and I never touched those games. <laughs> so I, I want to experience that library. So that's why I'm like, screw it. I'll just do it on the Series X and have that better performance at least. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So what about you? What have you been up to? What are you yeah, playing? So outside of Cobra Kai, which I somehow ended up stopped playing as soon as we stopped talking about it, even though my goal was to beat the game because, <laughs> you know, uh, Shan, I, I had Shanna walk. I finally convinced her to watch Cobra Kai. She loved it. Now we're going through the movies. We watched the first one together. And I still want to finish Cobra Kai because, you know, they give some teases into season three. And I'm a big fan of it. I just want to experience everything Cobra Kai. So hopefully I'll get back to that in the next week. But um, I did just get in the mail, aside from everything, uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered on the Switch. And I'm a big Burnout fan. I actually did not realize that Criterion was behind Need for Speed. I've never even played a Need for Speed not before. Uh, what? Not all of those. No, but this one. Um, and I have to say it's fantastic on the Switch. I've only played it on handheld. The loading times are great. The graphics are great. The gameplay is great. The controls are great. Um, you know, I've been reading some things that, you know, you really can't find like a quick pick up and play kind of match style. It's it's really, you you have this map and you're selecting missions. And now I have questions for you quickly. 
like yeah. you did with Hyrule Warriors, because is is the game playable offline? Yes, I like the single you're, player. Like you're, you're, you're making me doubt myself because I know in the beginning you do connect or you can connect to like the hub. So what's really cool is as you're playing through the missions, you can see who in your friends list is also playing, and you can see their times. So when you beat their times, um, you know it, it sends like a, a message to like the. I don't know if it's called like the message board in the game or whatnot, but it kind of like notifies them or notifies like when they log in next that they can see that they've been dethroned almost. Um, and I and as far as I could tell, it was only like the top three times you could see. Um, I do want to say you could play offline. You're making me doubt myself now. So after this, I'm going to put on airplane mode and pop the game in and see if I can get into the single player. But I think you can. I think I think the cover had said that you need good online or good internet connectivity for online um also is it is it playable without like i think there's a download is it playable without that download or is it one of those where i i don't know because i i i always click the download yeah these are good questions um i can ask our resident complete on cart expert in the switch core community which is uh josh because I'm pretty sure he would know. Um, so I can I can pose that question to him. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Well, yeah. go on. Sorry. It's, I yeah, wanted it's, to ask. It's good things that you know, people do ask, and I don't know. Um, but Need for Speed is fantastic. I, at the same time, I did try Speed 3 Grand Prix. Don't play that. It's don't pretty play bad. It. <laughs> you know what? It, it, I knew it was going to be, at best, an average game. It's, you know, it's published in the U.S. by GS2 Games, which is just, you know probably shovelware if you want to use that word um but it was it was it was listed on the back as arcade racing it looked the graphics look cool um the game is not fun you know i played through maybe like two laps and i was done i just <laughs> I couldn't finish a race yeah i don't know if it's gonna get better probably not uh i just i i couldn't play it so i jumped into need for speed and i'm addicted to that because it's it's just fantastic. Uh, and I, I truly believe that playing Burnout all these years has led me to be a wonderful cop in the game because I can I can slam into those cars like nobody's business. So <laughs> um, so I played that. I'm trying to think if I popped in anything. Oh, um, in terms of other new releases, I don't think I tried anything this week. But one game that I am playing now with my son is Luigi's Mansion 3. And I have not played the gamecube version or the gamecube game luigi mansion one i haven't played dark moon on on the 3ds luigi mansion 3 is the first one i've ever played and we're having a blast uh we just got the elevator button for floor four so technically like maybe the i think the fourth or fifth one we found um it's a super fun game and you guys did an episode on it so everybody knows how good it is but like i am new to the series and i have to say I think I'm more of a fan now of Luigi than Mario because like in Luigi's Mansion, if you've never played it, there's so much personality to Luigi. Um, and the game is just so different from a Mario game. I mean, not even that you're, you know, sucking up ghosts with like the Ghostbuster vacuum cleaner or whatnot. But I mean, when he's walking around, you see him tiptoeing and you see him afraid and you see the facial expressions and the humor. Uh, it, it is a great game, which I'm sure everybody knows. But to me, I never thought I would like it. Like for some reason, it just wasn't a game that I even had interest in, you know, dedicating time to play. And then my son, I don't know how he even, Oh, you know what? I think we were talking about Mario games and I was like, yeah, there's one where you can play as Luigi and he's in the hotel sucking up ghosts. He's like, I want to play it. And I was like, all right, let's try it. 
And we're about three and a half hours in now, and we're just hooked. It's so fun. You know, he gets scared a little bit because of the ghost, so he'll run behind the couch. But Aww. <laughs> but then I'll say, like, Josh, you come on over. It's okay. It's, it's Luigi. It's not going to be scary. Um, and, you know, and what's crazy is we hadn't played for, like, two weeks. We've just been so busy. And I honestly forgot some of the buttons because that's just what happens when you don't play a game every day. And I kid you not, he just turned five. He's telling me the buttons to press, and I'm thinking – there's no way you remember this, but he's like, no, you have to press X and it's going to do this. And then you'll be able to go through there. And sure enough, everything he said was correct. And I'm just, I'm just thinking like, oh man, I'm, I'm passing the torch soon. Like I'm heading in, in that over the hill moment because he, <laughs> he literally was like, we've been in this room where I'm like, Joshi, I'm like, I just saved the game right here. There's no way we went on this floor. And sure enough, he's like, that's why everything's empty in these hotel rooms, dad. Like we sucked them all up for him thinking, oh my God, he's teaching me now. But uh, it's it's been awesome. I absolutely love it. We're, we're definitely going through completion on this game. Uh, the other thing is that I'm watching him play now because we got him a Switch for his birthday. Yes. Um, so now he has a dedicated one. But even before that, he mainly messed around with the NES and SNES online. And we've gone together through Mario 1, Mario 3, Mario World. But now I'm watching him just randomly find games. And like this week, he found out about Kirby, Donkey Kong Country, and he's playing these on his own. And I'm just amazed. Like Kirby, I helped him a little bit like to understand like the sucking and pressing down to get the power up. But like Donkey Kong, he's going through the levels. Metroid, the original NES Metroid, he was playing for a good 20 minutes and like actually making progress. And then he gives it to me and I'm like, I have no idea where to go. I have no idea what to do. And it's just crazy to think that these games that, you know, were around when I was a little bit older than him, but he's playing them. It's just surreal. Like that really is like a true, like full circle. And, you know, he's experiencing it for the first time. And I think what's awesome about the Switch is that I'm, I'm not dissing graphics at all. Like, you know, I love, I love the P like, I love the PS4. I love like the realism and stuff, but like, He's literally learning about video games through like the pixels, like the yeah. pixelated 8-bit games, the 16-bit games, even Switch, you know, like those type of games. And like that's what is getting him into gaming. And I'm just like, it's really cool to watch because, you know, at no point does he go like, dad, these graphics look old, like these controls look simple because he doesn't know anything else. Like the like these are the games that he's now starting to get into gaming with. And I think it's crazy that he's literally starting at the same place I did. Um Whereas, you know, you think of like the phone, uh, I was talking to Shan the other day and she's like, do you know, the, the hand symbol for the phone has changed, you know, like I, I bet Barry, if I said, you know, put the phone to your ear, like with your hand, you would probably bend your fingers, right? Yeah. And, I would, I would put my three middle fingers down in. yep. inwards and I would have my pinky and my thumb yep. to my, to the side of my face and then I'd be talking on the phone. And apparently now it's a, a straight palm, like your palm is open and you're putting it because of the iPhone and, and the flat phones and it's completely different. And, you know, the way I see it is like, you know, when I was growing up, my dad had the Odyssey too. And I played those very simple games, you know, Atari level, Odyssey level, and then the NES. And I just went in that progression and, you know, here you have kids that may be starting out on the PS4, on the Xbox, on the bigger graphics, the eight button controllers, 10 buttons. And here he is playing NES games and SNES games and just like in love with them. And it's it's really crazy to be the parent now and watching watching them play. And I mean, it, he keeps getting better and better by the day. And it's just crazy that like I, I can say I have a gamer and, you know, my daughter, who's almost three 
is watching him and she's not quite there yet, but she's getting interested. And to think it's like, wow, I could literally have a whole family of gamers that I think is just awesome because we're all playing the same type of games. Um, That is is honestly fantastic. And, and that, that to me is better than anything else. Like, you know, we we don't have kids yet and we're, we're, we'll be down that road soon. But, but to me, like I could just imagine the joy and the, the, the feeling I would have, for for my son experiencing those games for the first time and like yeah. like i'm so jealous of you to have that and you get to experience that because that is awesome and i think a lot of people forget that the video games they're fun they're supposed to be fun yeah. they're supposed to be enjoyable you know we can nitpick and we can complain and we could bitch and whine all we want but at the end of the day it doesn't matter about the graphics it doesn't matter about the frame as long as you have fun with it then that's really all that matters because like you you know i grew up with the atari and the 8-bit the atari 400 800 the commodore 128 you know and and all that before i ever touched a nintendo and Mm -hmm. looking at those games now it's like wow these games are simple but they were my childhood they they brought me so much joy and I appreciate everything now from where where we've come because we where are that generation that we actually got to witness it all yes. evolve. It grew up with us, yes. and we're the only generation that will ever have that. And I think kids nowadays they don't appreciate where we've come from. Mm-hmm. And I and I, it's kind of funny because you know growing up, you know, like my father or my mother would be like, "Oh, here you have to listen to this band." Mm-hmm. Or you have to watch this yeah. movie because these are timeless classic. These will make you appreciate cinema and, and music yep. to today's day and age. <clears throat> and it was, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, I don't really want to watch your old thing. Or I was in black <laughs> and white, you know, and, and rejecting it. I just wanted to watch the new things. And now as an adult looking back, like, oh, they were trying to teach me about how things have evolved and i i'm, I'm going to do the exact same thing or i plan to you know here play mario one enjoy mario one before you get into like odyssey like like experience where it's come from and it's funny you mentioned you had to help joshi with uh kirby which is known as like nintendo's you know easiest right. or franchise but he was doing fine on donkey kong country which is one of their <laughs> hardest franchises you know it was, it was it was more of the fact that's like josh you just suck up and press down and you may get something and you tell him that once and he gets it but um i think what's really interesting i guess two things one is nintendo games i think are great that you don't necessarily need to read or, or know all the words if if you're just learning to read to, uh, to appreciate and have fun with the game and i think that's very important because like even at his age you know, I'm playing Luigi's Mansion 3 and EGAD is talking and um, he's like, what, what What? are they saying? So I'll, you know, I'll act it out for him and I'll be like, I'm giving you a new power up or I change the words around so he understands what I'm saying. But he's fully enjoying the game, just watching it. And that's a testament to a good game because when you can get somebody involved in it and they may not really understand the whole story or they're, they're you have to explain like the developers have to explain the story only through like the cutscenes or something that's not text-based. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do to get somebody to fully understand the game. Um, and I give Nintendo a lot of credit for that because a lot of their games are around kids and, and like a younger age sometimes, but they make it so, so easy to get engrossed into it. And, you know, I could see him just loving all the games and he doesn't necessarily like he's learning to read, but he can't read everything. And even like in Mario three, when you, you save the, you know, you get the wand back and you turn the king back into a human. 
he doesn't necessarily understand like what what they're saying or even princess's uh, letter at the end but he loves the game because everything else about it he can fully enjoy um and the other thing i would say is that having kids and watching them play games and see what games they get into it's very important to remember that not every game is for you so as an adult like I probably, if I'm not a full set collector, I probably would not have bought Paw Patrol when it came out. And, you know, a lot of people go like, oh, Paw Patrol, like it's a stupid game on the Switch or in general, it's like a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. But like, you're not their target. And my son loves Paw Patrol, which makes me love Paw Patrol because I'm watching him play the game and it's this game that's teaching him mechanics. Like Paw Patrol, the first one from Outright Games was the first game my son played on his own because you just have to go really left to right you just have to know four buttons or so four four letters essentially a b x y to really understand the game and he played that game to completion and i love that and and then i see like new games come out like fantasy friends which like the unicorn or princess unicorn stuff like that like those are games that my kids are gonna love or and or want to play right it's something that like draws their attention and i'm gonna be very thankful that those games exist because that's what those are the games that are getting my kids interested in gaming. And then, you know, you you show them Mario and Donkey Kong and Kirby and and, and all those like, you know, triple A type of games. But yeah, I I I definitely appreciate these more kiddie games now because these are that's my kids' library of games that they're liking. So Well, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said these these games aren't you're not the target audience. And that's yep. what a lot of people forget. And and so many people I've seen comments, it's like, oh well, this game looks stupid, this game doesn't look great, right. or I don't like this game. And it's like, well, they didn't make this for you. Like you exactly. aren't the target audience. And I think people in general, we've become so spoiled. Like like as a culture, we have truly become spoiled. And mm-hmm. we don't we don't really need to get any of this. I mean, yes, it's a business and, and you're making games to make money. But, you know, people go, oh, why isn't Nintendo doing this? Why isn't Nintendo doing this? And eh, I'm guilty from it, too. But they're going to do what they're going to do. And we should honestly just be happy when they give us something. When they, when they say, oh, here's like Hyrule Warriors. It just came out of nowhere. No one was really asking for it. We, we did want to see what happened 100 years ago. And now here, here it is. And cool, mm-hmm. cool. Now we're getting this. And thankful, thank you. And if you don't really want to play it, you don't have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no one's forcing you to play a game unless you're a reviewer or you do a playcast, you know, and you have to play games. But otherwise... Wow. If a game is not for you, don't play it. And that's why if I play a game and like like earlier this year, I tried Color X Malice, which I've heard was a good visual novel. And I, I started it and I just it didn't grip me. It mm-hmm. did. I wasn't enjoying myself. And after, you know, playing it for like an hour and a half, I I said, OK, I'm saving and I'm, I might come back to this. I might not because I just wasn't doing for me. And mm-hmm. it's okay to put a game down and it's okay to move on to another game. Life is short. Game time is precious oh, yeah. and and you should enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. It makes me think of, of Super Rare because I always see people, they announce a game and people immediately start going, yes. why this game? This game is this game nobody wants nobody asked for this game blah blah and i see people like defending them in the comments going like well you didn't ask for it i'm super happy this game is coming out i love this game on on the pc or this is a game i've been watching for a while and it's just funny to think that when a company announces a game and it's not your cup of tea your first the person's first reaction is this game is stupid why they even do this one and it's like i'm sorry like the whole industry doesn't revolve around you and the good news is 
you have, I'm sure, a plethora of games to choose from that do suit your interests. Um, but it's so funny when, like, a, especially, you know, people, f- I, I mean, I'm sure everybody follows, like, their their publishers, you know, closely. But, like, for me, like, I follow the limited publishers. And because they're, you know that their releases are going to be, in quotes, limited in terms of how many come out a year, you know, you always wait for that next announcement that you know is coming. So with Super Rare, you know about every three weeks they're going to announce a new game. Um, but you also know that there's only so many games in the year that they're going to be bringing. So when, when they did like Monster Prom, for instance, which I think is a really cool game, I've heard lots of good things about it. It had a very big following, I think, on Steam or on PC where it came out first. But so many people weren't familiar with it. And their first reaction was like, I didn't want this game. Like, why are they bringing this to the Switch? Why didn't they pick, you know, Hades? You know what I mean? Like something like that. And it's just funny because that, that's where it really shows me like, like you said it before, people are entitled. They think every game should be for them. And the minute it's not, it's not a good game. And it's not true at all. Um, well, that also applies to Smash Brothers character reveals. Like yeah. the last one with Steve, I never played Minecraft. I have no interest in playing Minecraft. But I understood that why it was why he was you know added other and people the, play the, minecraft yeah the <laughs> impact of minecraft and there's tons of people happy just like i want to see rex and pyra and, and mithra from xenoblade 2 be added but mm-hmm. i know there's also going to be people that go oh this wasn't for me this is a stupid review even though i'll be like crying tears of joy so the gaming industry doesn't revolve around you you got to be happy yeah. for the things you're happy about and if you're not excited about a game just be happy for those that are excited about it because, you know, we're all here together. We should be working together. We should be helping each other. And we should be happy for one another, too. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know like we're not immune to, right? I mean, we, we're going to be announcing games. We only announced technically three so far. But I guarantee you, every game we announce is not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. I mean, you know, we have our own criteria of why we want to uh pursue a game. And we do believe that it's a game that are that people do want to play. But at the same time, it won't be for everybody, and that's okay. Uh, I just always find it funny when people take it to heart and they think it's like an insult to them that you know a company is releasing a game that they didn't want. Um, and that's enough, I think, for a, a rant because it's uh, I, I see it all the time, and it's really a shame because I feel one, you're insulting the developer. I mean, first and foremost, people have put years into making a game that they're passionate about, and yes, not every game is amazing, like. I'm not going to knock too much on Speed 3 Grand Prix. It's just the most recent game that I played that I just feel is bad. Um, so I don't want to say not every game is a masterpiece, but you know people do put a lot of time and effort into making a game. And I'm pretty sure 99.9% you know, of people aren't making a game hoping it's going to be bad or putting all that blood, sweat, and tears into making a bad game. Yes. So I feel like, like I know like Lauren, right, uh, developer of Super Blood Hockey, super passionate guy, super friendly guy, super vocal guy on social media, like, you know, sharing and being excited when people talk about the game, whether it's on Steam that they're playing it or another console or a physical release, what have you. And I can only imagine when, like, he has to read, like, not not him, I'm just using him as an example, but, like, imagine him reading a comment on his game where somebody's like, oh, why are they playing this game out? This is not a good game. I, I would be, I would be really hurt and I'd feel really bad for the developer that, that you know made this game and i think that's first and foremost then you have the publishers involved who you know see something in this game and are helping the developer to just bring it more awareness bring it to be preserved physically and then they're reading these comments and 
it, 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 I don't know. I feel like more personal now being on that side of it. But even before then, just getting to know developers and publishers, like I just, I hate seeing those comments. I hate those type. I really hate those type of people. I, I don't want to use the word hate, but it just bothers me on like a personal level. But um, well, people will, will spout what they feel they want to say. And especially with the internet, you know, anyway, everyone has a voice mm-hmm. and Sometimes that voice is ugly, but you just can't let it get you down and just got to, you know, move on and appreciate the uh, the games. Because sometimes the voices do do good, like they do change things for the better. Uh, you know, obviously, like the Sonic movie recently, I, I think, is a good example, even though some people were upset that they went back and changed it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and sometimes a game gets delayed because it just needs more time in the oven. And yep. they, you know, they people see something in a trailer or, or look at demos, you know, yeah. what, what, you know, the Bravely team did with Octopath Traveler and, and Bravely Default 2 and with the demos where they take things to heart and they say, okay, this, this didn't resonate. We're going to change it. And Demon X Machina did that as well with the prototype demo. Like, I like when developers do that. I think that's super smart to let, let yeah. everybody become a beta tester in a sense. Yep. But we also get the ability to to play the game early and see how we like it, and get a little bonus for it. So yeah, it also makes you want to play it because I mean, were they going to make these changes regardless? I don't know. I mean, let's just look at the the bravely default. Um, I know I played it and I played it like seven and a half hours. I played a demo that I've never I've never played the series before. I don't play demos that much, and I definitely don't play a demo for seven and a half hours. And I ended up loving it. Like it was difficult. And then I learned how to play the game and I absolutely loved it. And then you see that all these other people played it, provided feedback and they're making these like quality of life changes. Like I was very happy with the changes because um, I think it's just going to make it a better game. And you have to wonder if, if people didn't play it, would they have even thought to make any of these changes during their development process? And, you know, it's the world may never know, um, but I'm, I'm thankful when we're given that opportunity because we get to try something out early and there's a chance that things that we wanted that we didn't see are now going to happen. And that's definitely the case with Bravely Default. Like when they had their presentation or their, their video and they're listing all of the changes, I just loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I was writing it down at the time because I knew we were going to talk about it. And I'm thinking like, wow, they're changing that. That's awesome. They're changing that. That's awesome. And I'm just so excited now when the game comes out because I'm like, this is going to be a really solid release now mm-hmm. um above what i thought it was going to be based off of the demo but uh it is funny though because even in the video they had said that they purposely made it hard um and they even state that in in the demo itself but people like i remember going to social media going like this is too hard of a demo there's no easy mode there's just like it's just crazy i'm dying so quickly but then when you but then when you actually win you felt a sense of accomplishment and i know i did when i beat like the secret bosses because I, I think i was doing one boss for like 20 minutes on on my strategy and it worked and i'm just thinking like yes i actually beat this really hard hard boss and i feel like i uh, i played the game right but yeah i'm uh i'm glad when you know we have those opportunities to uh give feedback and they actually listen to it um and hopefully we, we do like i like you said i hope we do see more of that because i think it's a a great way to get honest feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about this just a tad. So let, why don't we go into, uh, why don't you do what's coming out next? Because yeah. There's a yep. lot coming. Okay. So I did mention already on Sunday, pre-orders close for the mummy, the master at limited run games. So don't forget that. Then, um, 
I actually, I'm going to list what I wrote, but um, what I am going to say is go to jpswitchmania.com as of Sunday, because I will have this posted with screenshots of the the game cases. If there's physical goodies, I list them. I list links, the prices, all that stuff. And I do think some of this stuff may have changed since I wrote this list. Um, but I'm going to go through it. And then obviously the the final version will be on my website. But starting first is Chicken Range is coming uh, in a game only and a bundle version with like a, an, a Joy-Con accessory gun. Um, and that's coming in the US and the UK. I want to say it may have gotten pushed back, but as of right now, I have it. Yeah, listed. I think I think it got pushed back. I got an email saying. Okay, like, so ignore your cool. range, but that's coming soon. Um, then what's been happening lately is I've been seeing websites have different release dates. So, for instance, at Best Buy, Fantasy Friends came out this week. Uh, on Amazon, it's coming out next week. Uh, so it's still on pre-order on that website, but I listed it just in case people missed it. But it really did come out this week. Uh, then we have Monster Truck Championship coming out uh, in the U.S. We have a physical release in the U.S. of Ninjin Clash of Carrots, only seen listed at GameStop right now for $14.99. Uh, the, 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 this did get a physical in the U.K. a while back, uh, but it, now it's coming to the U.S. And it may it may be a GameStop exclusive. I don't know. Uh, then in the U.S., we're getting Professor Rubik's Brain Fitness. So like the Rubik's Cube with uh, different challenges and whatnot. Uh, then on Thursday... We are getting our last super rare game of the year. They just announced it today. It's Ghost of a Tale, and it's coming out for the Switch on their website, limited to 5,000 copies. So that's on Thursday. You can pre-order it. Um, and then on Friday, we have Santa's Christmas Adventure Fosical coming out, a fun little $10 game. Uh, we have pre-orders opening up at limited run for Trover Saves the Universe with a regular and a collector's edition. And the 27th also should be Final Fantasy IX in Asia um that's going to be coming out so we're finally getting nine as a standalone uh which is crazy because they had done seven and eight previously and everybody wondered why nine wasn't included since it was out already but now we have the answer because it's coming out uh separately on the switch and as of right now it's going to be an asia english release only um but that can change because, as you know, Barry, just recently, yes. uh, Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 got announced physically in the UK, and it's coming out next month, even though it had come out many, many moons ago in Asia. Uh, same deal with an Asia-English release. So I wouldn't put it past us to see Final Fantasy IX getting the same treatment next year. Um, sadly, in the US, there's still no word of a US release, which still doesn't make any sense to me. But the system is region-free, so you'll be able to enjoy that. Um, there are some other games coming out next week in overseas in Japan, uh, but you're going to have to go to my website to find out what those games are, uh, because it's not like I didn't write them yet. Uh, I just want to save some of that mystery. So, um, head on over to jpswitchmania.com on Sunday and you'll see every game coming out next week. Uh, and of course we have black Friday, so there's going to be so many crazy deals. So if you've been holding off on games, uh, Best Buy, Walmart, GameStop, Target, Amazon are going to be the places you want to go to. Uh, to get some really good games for very cheap that I've been seeing already. So, yeah, that's uh, that week. It's going to be a, a very busy, busy week of games, even with the holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, we were going to talk about what we picked up this week, but in reality, I think I have like 15 to 20 plus Switch games, which would be a whole episode on its own. So okay. I'll just say that. I got a lot of stuff in. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you did too. It's been yes. heavy. Yeah, one thing that I will 
make mention of is that October used to be the like the busy time for the switch for the last couple of years. It would just be week after week of like upwards of 10 games coming out, not even pre-orders, but coming out. And November seems to be crushing that. I don't know if if it's because of COVID and things had gotten pushed back, you know, from their original plans. I don't know that, but November has been insane. Um, this coming week, so Thanksgiving week next week, is the first week that actually feels pretty light, um, even though there's still a number of releases. But I mean, it's it's uh, it's been heavy for me. I mean, like I uh, it's been making me think twice about how I collect a little bit, and I think I made the decision today that I'm going to be cutting back on the physical releases, which I probably shouldn't have been getting in the first place, but I've decided that I'm not going to get the ones that have true physicals already, unless it's a different, you know, cover art. But other than that, I'm just going to focus on physicals that don't have a physical. Um, and it's mainly because there's just so many of them coming out and so many actual games coming out and so many games coming up for pre-order that it's just, you got to draw the line somewhere. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Physicals are not something I like at all, but the only ones I get are the U.S. releases, yeah. with the but, one exception that I got suckered into. So you're, not, so you're not keeping Mortal Kombat, or you you wouldn't have gotten Mortal Kombat. I wouldn't have gotten Mortal Kombat, and and I'm probably gonna return it unless someone really wants it. Because I was gonna say before you make that decision, I'm trying to think where did I pre-order it? Because did it ship already? If it and, didn't ship and you want it, then cancel your shipment and you can have this one. See, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea where I got it. I have to find. My guess is it probably, like knowing my luck, it probably shipped already. Um, but as we're, t- oh wait, it's preparing order. Hmm. So I got it from Play Asia. I had some credit, and I can cancel it. If you can cancel it, you can have this one. Really? Yeah. Like I could pick it up tomorrow. You could pick it up tomorrow. All right, hold on. I'm gonna cancel. Let's yeah. see. Why? What's the reason? No longer interested. Actually, no way. Unable to wait. That sounds like the JP answer. <laughs> <laughs> Unable to wait. All right, here we go. I sent it in and drum roll. It's canceled. All right. All right. So Barry gets rid of uh, physical. JP gets one. The world is back on balance. So uh, that's awesome. That actually worked out really well. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about shipping and you can. Exactly. And I get my credit back so I can put it towards another game that I probably don't need but really want. Uh, Awesome. All right. So that is that. That's a great way to end that episode. So other than that, I think we've covered a lot. Um, What I will say, actually, uh, Barry, why don't you let people know where they can find you? Yes. Um, So you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And of course, you can always find me on the Premium Edition Games Discord. JP, what about you? Sure. So my personal channel, JP Switchmania, it's jpswitchmania.com. You type in JP Switchmania on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter, definitely Twitter. You'll find me. I live on Twitter. I'm there every day. I share all the upcoming announcements. I share unboxings and all that good stuff. Uh, So come hang out there. Of course, with Premium Edition Games, premiumeditiongames.com, the Discord, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, come hang out with us. Please support us. Check out our releases on our website. Uh, more importantly, we've got about a week left of the Switch Collector Volume 2 that's on Kickstarter. It got funded in 25 minutes. Uh, it's heading towards its third stretch goal, um, but it needs your support. So if you want to see more cool items added uh, to make the book even better than it's already going to be, head on over to Kickstarter to back it today. Uh, it's a really great series. Volume 2 is a continuation 
of the Switch Collector series that's going to chronicle all the physical releases uh, by release date and year order. Um, so volume two is going to be covering the first half of year two. So that is going to be from March to September of 2018. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, you got about a week left to do that. Uh, but other than that, uh, please subscribe if you haven't already to the Switch Mania Playcast because we love doing this and we love uh, when we get to interact with all of you. So if there's something you want to you want us to talk about or focus on, uh, just reach out to us and let us know. We'll be happy to do that. Uh, but Absolutely. until then, uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Barry. I think this was a lot of fun that uh, we may have to do just you and me more often when uh, <laughs> Jeff is too busy because yeah, I like absolutely. It, it's funny, you know, being sorry, we're trying to end it and I keep talking, but <laughs> I think what's funny is, you know, the busier we've gotten, you know, we've, we haven't done the, the three person playcast too often, but I remember when we did it, you know, a week or two ago, it felt like coming home again, you know, yeah. you're, you're away at school and then it's like, oh, you're coming home to see your friends again in, in the town that you grew up in. And, and that's what it felt like, like after a busy week and a stressful week and whatnot, it's like, this is nice. It's nice to just hang out and chat and uh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to make more of an effort to do it more often. So hopefully all three of us can, but if not, I'm going to try and be uh, more consistent. Uh, so Barry, you won't have to do that alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I try, I try to be consistent. No, no you, yeah, you've been great. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's everything. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time, bye. Have a good one.